Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. takes an amazing pit stop tonight with an with a awesome awesome special guest host tonight. We will introduce him here soon. We got so much to talk about. Uh we got of course raw, we got a recap flavor of the week. This week is going to be the continuation of the worst Royal Rumble winners. Uh, series that we're doing for a few weeks leading up to WWE Royal Rumble. And regardless of what you say, we're, we're going to talk about some OSU. And I'm really, really excited. And I'm really, really excited to see uh, what my host thought of the college football playoff series uh, this year and um, if he would make any type of adjustments uh, and and so forth. So we're going to have an amazing time, episode 146, indeed, indeed, indeed. It is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone, your host, along with my co-host that will be joining us uh, after uh, the interview that I'm going to have with uh, someone who I'm really, really excited to introduce, former Ring of Honor television champion and member of the Kingdom. Ooh. I like to introduce none other than Matt Taven. How are you tonight, sir? Very good. I like that introduction. I'm not sure uh, if those ooze was. Uh, uh, I'm going to just take it as a good thing for the kingdom because it's the it's the hottest action in wrestling today. 
the ooh is because uh, you're what uh, you know you're what pro wrestling fans call a heel. So, um, oh, I and, and oh, I'm really, yeah, that's 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 where that came from, and just really the <laughs> the evolution of Matt Taven. Um, almost ten years in the business, but really an established ROH star for about two and a half years or so now. Really got your foot in there, and, and your indie work uh, before then was uh, quite impressive as well to lead you into Ring of Honor. So, uh, let us know about where you started from and who really encouraged you and and kind of prompted you and 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 put you kind of put your foot forward and encouraged you to go ahead and, and chase your dreams in pro wrestling. Well, you're aging me a little bit. Um, it hasn't. It's it's only been six years in pro wrestling. I'm not I'm not close to that decade mark yet. But um, I was a wrestling fan, and man, as long as I can remember, since I was five, six years old, I was a wrestling fan. And uh, honestly, I, I really had no thought of pursuing pro wrestling. I always just thought it was like one of those dreams, like uh, you know, you want to be an astronaut when you're a kid, or you want to, you know be whatever, uh, you know, NBA all-star. Mm-hmm. But um, I went to college, you know, did a, <laughs> did what I what I thought you know, everyone else was supposed to do and become a real grown-up. And uh, actually, after I graduated from school, one of my buddies was on the indie scene in, in uh, New England. And I just came down to check it out and literally got in the ring and was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and kind of dedicated my life ever since then to wrestling. Um, I trained with Spike Dudley uh, here in Massachusetts at the lockup school. And, you know, the first people who really gave me my big break was uh, companies up here like Top Rope Promotions and then, for the most part, Northeast Wrestling, NEW. Uh, and I think the biggest favor that NEW did for me was putting me in the ring with one Mike Bennett, who yeah. um, at the time, you know, was with a guy with experience, with a guy that was a top guy even back then in this area, a guy that everyone was talking about, saying that he was on the radar to get signed here, get signed there, and Northeast Wrestling literally put me in the ring with him for, for about a year. And uh, if you can't get better wrestling Mike Bennett, then, then you're in the wrong business. And um, honestly, from there, things just kind of took off in all sorts of different directions. But uh, I would say that's where I got my start, uh, you know, Spike Dudley training, but the in-ring training uh, for my good friend Mike was uh, very influential in, in the quick growth that I had uh, in my career. Nice. And, of course, uh, for those who are fans of Ring of Honor, which are very, very many people, uh, people know that you have that uh, specific uh, affiliation and association with Mike Bennett right now as a fellow uh, my, my tag team the, the partner. Kingdom. We just came back from a tour Absolutely. of New Japan. You know, we have our eyes on the Ring of Honor tag titles. Also, going back to New Japan, we got you know things already in the works to go to England this year, and we're just um, we're literally bringing the kingdom worldwide. Um, and <laughs> the fact the the fact that I can do that stuff with a, a guy that's been my closest friend since I got in the business is uh, you know makes us even even more special because the I think you know the chemistry that we have on TV is is. There's there's nothing work to that. That's all real. That's just two buddies going out there and having a blast. Nice. So Bennett was very instrumental in your track to to get your your ROA uh, ROH uh, uh, contract and, and and sign with ROH. 
Well, he was very instrumental in getting, um, and and just, and for the most part, just um, you know, getting me better at a at a much quicker pace than than most people, uh, just from being in the ring with someone so good. But at the same time, I was also watching the way he was. Uh, maneuvering his career and getting into ROH and kind of following in his footsteps during the camps. And then, you know, I would travel with Mikey to bring a lot of shows, meet everyone, um, and try to get in front of the right people. Um, so as much as he helped me out in the ring, um, following his advice and following his lead uh, also led me on a path to Ring of Honor. Hmm, nice. So I remember you debuting in Ring of Honor, Um and your your character was more of a um uh it the 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 branding was similar to a popular music television station and it's and was was that your idea was that the exec's idea let us know how the the debut of Mike uh, of, of Matt Taven and and giving you that character is that is that you a reflection of you in real life just as far as um you know the carefree you know spirit and just let us know as far as how that came about well i mean as far as the logos and the um, you know the types and stuff like that that was all things that i was doing already on the indie scenes i mean my very first debuts in, in Ring of Honor, you know, the stuff with Mike Mondell and whatnot, that was just um, a, a kind of a version of, of what I was doing on the indies already. I mean, mostly it was just me. Um, at the same time, when I look back on it, I, I definitely feel like it was a, a watered-down version of me because I was just uh, I was nervous to step on any toes. I was, you know, in a new place without a contract at the time, so I wanted to impress, and I was... Uh, you're trying to um, more be focused on this goal of getting signed than just relaxing and being myself, which is what they want to be there for in the first place. But as far as that, that carefree attitude, I mean, that's me. I always brag in the locker room how when we get our blood pressure done, uh, I'm always the, have the, the lowest blood pressure and uh, the best pulse. Just because I, I try not to let things stress me out in life. Um that, uh, I guess, came off on TV, but for the most part, uh, that, that was just a, a little speck of, of everything that I have to offer. I think um, the role that you see me in now is a lot more of my own personality than ever before. Yeah. Awesome. And then <laughs> then there was a, a big shift from uh, the Matt Taven that the, the viewers were used to, to seeing, um, very uh, a party like, and uh, and you were a babyface, and then you aligned yourself with Truth Martini, and um, that that road actually was a better road for you because you ended up uh, becoming um, uh, television champion around that time, and then uh, had a very long uh, reign as uh, as ROH television champion. Uh, let us know your, your your times with Truth Martini, and then and of course that led to the breakup between uh, your your affiliation with Truth Martini and a kind of a face run leading into that. Uh, um, after you left uh, Martini, seemed like you were going back to a, a baby face. And let us know that transition and and, and your your thoughts on on that as you were experiencing that. 
Well, I mean, that all came about with the Top Prospect Tournament, which Ring of Honor is mm-hmm. in the midst of their Top Prospect Tournament this year. Um, you know, just to speak on the tournament alone, just look at the, the guys that have come out of that tournament, the ACH. My year alone was ACH, Silas, me, Adam Page, QT Marshall, Kadarius Thomas. So that Top Prospect Top prospect tournament every year is legit, and uh, you know yep. big stars come out of that every single year. Uh, and then when I had the chance to align myself with, with Truth Martini at the time, it was just a no-brainer. Um, I had known Truth for a couple of years. Like I said, I had been around Ring of Honor for a little bit, um, you know, trying to get my foot in the door, and had seen what Truth Martini could do for other people, the Roderick Strong to the world, the Michael Elgins, and, and saw the success that he had brought to them. So when that opportunity came about, it uh, it wasn't even a question. And uh, I turned out to make the right decision because I was the longest reigning television champion of all time. Um, and and looking back on, on some of that, you know, some of those matches and stuff, definitely we hit a stride about, uh, about five months in together where we, where we finally knew one another because – we had known each other high and there and, and by and whatnot, but uh, once we finally spent a couple of months together, then, you know, we really got in a good rhythm. Um, and it's some of the funnest times I had in my career. And uh, like all good things, they sometimes just run their course. And, um, you know, I was, I, I needed to go out on my own. I needed to see if I could do it without truth. And not only prove it to you know the people that were asking the question, but prove it to myself. Um, and I found myself kind of get lost in the shuffle, which is my own fault. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm too busy thinking about truth and chasing down him and Jay, and I kind of lose my way. And uh, that's that's when the kingdom thing came about, and it couldn't come at a better time because if there's two guys that <laughs> that I spend the most time in wrestling outside the ring, it's Adam Cole and Mike Bennett. And, uh, you know, when I'm, when you're lost and you're looking for yourself, you've got to find your buddies to, to remember who exactly you are. There you go. And what matches do you remember? Because, like you said, you know, you had a very lengthy um, television championship reign, uh, uh, history-making television championship reign for Ring of Honor. Um, what matches stand out just instinctively what matches stand out uh during your television championship reign well uh immediately i think of um two matches that i had with eddie edwards who i can't say enough good things about um you know one of the best guys i've ever been in the ring with uh also you know matches i had with jay lethal when you know the the script was flipped a little bit and truth was on my side and we had a match in philadelphia on tv that that I thought was fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I was able to pick up victories over the likes of Kevin Steen, Davey Richards, Roderick Strong, you know, guys that are at the top of Ring of Honor. And mm-hmm. that's where I wanted to be. And when you look back at that, you can't deny the results. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, some a lot of those matches and just um, just the fact that it really showed that the ROHs had some some investment in Matt, Matt Taven. Um, just as just the, the the big shift that you took from being that type of uh, you know party rock star character 
uh, to more of a an edge uh, with with that character. The character didn't necessarily um, just totally go away, but it was more of a more of an edge, more of a villainous edge that was with it. Of course, anyone aligning with Truth Martini would have that type of edge as we're seeing with you know with Jay Lethal being such a huge baby face for so long. And then lining himself with Truth Martini and, and, and just really incorporating that edge in his character. Um, definitely, Truth Martini has the the mic work. Uh, I've I've seen him live, and he definitely uh, knows what to do and what to say to draw the ire of the crowd, uh, and some you know some cheers as well. Uh, so I definitely can see the the benefit in that uh, the the association with Truth Martini. So so Truth Martini, the the the, the era with with Martini in the House of Truth, it uh, it ends, and you take a, a a bit of a break from ROH. Is that something um, that was that you was just really kind of uh, thinking about and just analyzing in your head uh, that you need to take a break from ROH, or was it just uh, a, a a direction issue. Let us know a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious just by um, how I was coming off on screen. I I'd kind of, I'd hit this wall where I, I seemed to be floundering, seemed to be, couldn't get past a certain point. Uh, and there's no doubt my body was taking a beat. And uh, the cage match, I broke a toe. Uh, my elbow was, I needed to go see a doctor about my elbow clicking. I mean, I had bone fragments in, in my uh, elbow that were making both my bursa sacs swell. So mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, uh, a good time to take off anyway. But uh, more importantly than all that, than just the nagging injuries, was I was at a point in my career where I had to ask myself, you know, what what's next? Um what are you going to do next? And the answer was, you know, I was just going to do exactly what I wanted to do from here on in. I wasn't going to have Truth Martini to listen to. I wasn't going to be obsessed with getting revenge on, on Truth. I wasn't going to listen to fans. I was going to listen to to me. And, uh, you know, luckily I had the right people around me to tell me that that's exactly what I should be doing. Um, and honestly, ever since then, since I've come back to Ring of Honor, it's been my favorite part or my favorite aspect of my career uh, the most fun that I've had in and out of the ring since nice yeah so you had some time as uh, I don't know how much this is uh, breaking the ROH cafe but um, were you ever under the romantic touch mask well uh, I was without a doubt under that mask one night I mean uh, it's (laughs) that's one of my favorite moments that you can catch on DVD is when uh, you know I I, <laughs> I disrobed Jay Lethal, Ric Flair, a la Ric Flair uh, in front of a yeah. live crowd, only to find out that I was under the romantic touch mask the whole time, and picked up a victory yep. over the television champ. Um, as far as being the romantic touch now, man, uh, I would have to be all over the place, but maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. So if that's a secret I'm, I'm going to keep with me. I'm not going to give away all the secrets of the hot sauce. <laughs> well, hey, it, the the worst thing I could do is ask. So, yeah, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> mind it. I, I'll, I'll answer it. Speaking of, of, of questions, I heard your, your little intro. Who do you guys have as the worst Rumble winner? Uh, well, we're doing or a, a, a series, actually. 
<laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, we, we're, we're, I'm not going to tip the hat on this week. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little later on, but uh, we're we're going through a, a series now uh, for about three weeks, um, saying the worst uh, Royal Rumble winners. And last week uh, we started off. We have a we have a, um, a random wrestling discussion topic at the end of the show called the flavor of the week, and we just talk about any random. Uh, a lot of a lot of it comes from talking, you know, wrestling ten, twenty, thirty years ago, uh, and just ra- random discussion topics. And uh, since we're heading over to the the Royal Rumble, we thought about just the the worst Royal Rumble winners in the history of the business. And, and last week we started off with Big John Studd as being one of them. I was um, about to say the early ones are are, are questionable. Or like Hogan yes. wins twice. Like he didn't need the, either one of them, actually. But yeah, I, I get the first one. But throwing out perfect and, and stuff, I don't know. But uh, I was interested, yeah. I was interested to see who, who you guys chose. Yeah. Um, well, we we chose Stud last week just because when he won in '89, uh, there was no, and of course, you know, not until the '90s when they start incorporating the uh, the automatic, you know, uh, automatic contract to the uh, to the WrestleMania main event. Mm. But uh, like, like you said before, then it was just. It, it was a spectacle. It, it was a big deal, but not so much because the winners really didn't have a payoff. Like Stud, you know, before '89, yep. Stud was a big name, and of course, twenty-five thousand dollars slam match against Andre the Giant. Yeah. And when he when he won in '89, there was absolutely it was towards the tail end of his career, and yeah, there was like really no payoff at, at all. Exactly. Yeah. There was no there was no payoff at all of when him winning the rumble. Um and of course, you know, when you mentioned Hogan, he was champ one year. You know, I think it was that yeah. same year when he when he eliminated Perfect, he was champion and he won the Royal Rumble. So uh it was I mean a, I get it was to set up the Warrior, but still. Uh but I think yeah, we yeah. all agree that the best rumble and could be my favorite wrestling event just for the sheer commentary alone. Is the 1992 Royal Rumble of with Ric Flair? I mean, Bobby Heenan uh, is the absolute man. Makes that man. I sometimes go to bed and just listen to the commentary because it's the, yeah. the funniest piece of work between uh, Monsoon and Heenan. Yeah, and, and the the funny part was him trying to be impartial, but not really trying <laughs> to be impartial. <laughs> so it's like oh, I love you know, it. Uh, I love it. What you, it's a skirt. It's it's. I mean, it's a kilt. It's not a skirt. And then he's flipping out two seconds later. I, I still, honestly, could be my favorite event just for the commentary alone. Yeah, yeah. I I think ninety two. I mean, ninety two was just a cut above the rest because it, it's the only rumble that was for the WWE the Championship. And yeah. I, and I think that alone is 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 monumental. And I think it should be something that should be incorporated again. I, I you know we need to see it one more time. For it for it to it, be it, a twenty three year span, you know, yeah, it, it, we need to see it at least one more time. You think so? I it would have to. I mean, everything everything old becomes new again after a while. People will they'll be into it again. Hmm. So your your WWE 
thoughts? What do you think about the product? Is that something that you um, can see yourself, you know, uh, in? If you had someone that you would like to compete with right now from WWE, who would it be? I mean, I think it's every, you know, wrestler's dream to perform in front of the most people they possibly can just get their art out there as uh, much as possible. So, obviously, the WWE is something that's, and being a fan since I was a kid, WWE is something that I've always um, aspired for or, or, you know, definitely could see myself one day. Um, As far as the product right now, I I, I watch it a lot, obviously, because of ties that I have to people. Obviously, that Mm-hmm. Means NXT a lot of a lot of that. I think I keep up with that more than I keep up with the um, Raw or SmackDown products. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see some some people that are definitely deserving getting shot. Um, at the same time, you know I probably have the same complaints as everyone else that 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 opening segment of a 20 minute promo that you you know you've heard probably before it's. It's tough, you know. Uh, for the most part, I would think that I, I DVR raw and, and just kind of fast forward the parts of, of guys that I, you know, want to check out or, um, yeah. you know, if I heard something was good. But um, you know, wrestling is reciprocal. I mean, right now there's a big indie surge, a big international surge, and and the WWE will will get back on track and will uh, get back into the good graces of of the smart fans. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, right now they're struggling a little bit in in those fans' minds. But at the same time, they're making more money than they've ever made. So what do they really care? Um, yeah, and that's the conundrum, uh, and that's the problem that you see without that WCW style of competition, without that major money backer to compete with the WWE. Um, Absolutely, you know, right now there's, there's such a, a giant global market, how how can any of these companies uh, compete with them? Uh, but until that day, you might not see the same um, kind of forced hand creativeness because, you know, you have to compete with someone. Um, you know, so hopefully, and which is why I do love the surge of the indies and all the, uh, you know, Ring of Honor obviously has been growing dramatically in the last year or two. Um, obviously, New Japan's getting worldwide attention, um, yep. and I love that because as as everyone else begins to grow, it just makes it just makes everyone uh, perform better and have to be better because when you're in that pressure cooker, um, <laughs> only the best come out. Absolutely, and I think that I've mentioned that so many times on the show. Just as far as, it's like, you know, when the Monday Night Wars was around, uh, man, almost, you know, 15 years ago now. Uh, well, oh, you make me feel old. 90, yeah, well, hey, I'm older than you are, so that's uh, <laughs> so it makes me feel even worse. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, almost almost 20 years ago is when the, the, the advent of the Monday Night Wars and and so it's like when you have that type of uh, pressure and, and like you said, forced hand, you have the writers and you have the creative staff having so much more of uh, of just a no limit, you know, pulling out all the stops type of mentality 
But mm-hmm. now, since the WWE for so long, you know, since really 2001, they've really monopolized the market in, in, in many many instances. Of course, you still have the Indies, you still have uh, TNA, and of course ROH, which you know TNA or ROH uh, debuted the same year. But that was 2002, though, and so you know ROH and TNA right now in their 13th year in of you know of existence there's still so much time and so much work that needs to you know come with just really growing the product and i think you know especially TNA um you know there were many many things that they thought that they could do within the first 10 years of their company that the WWE didn't do in their first 10 years of the company uh, of course there's there's social media and many many more public access and things like that that kind of can fast forward and, and kind of expedite the process as far as um not being knowledge of the product is concerned uh but i mean there's just it's just a time that you at, at right now is a time of like who's going to be that sec that number 2 promotion that really gives the WWE some competition to say, oh, wait a minute, you know, they're kind of lurking in the back and kind of coming closer to the forefront, kind of like what WCW did. There was more of a, uh, you know, coming from Mid-Atlantic, and it was more of a down-home, you know, southern promotion, and just really their edginess was was a lot different and, and became different, and it, it kind of incited the WWE to, to to make some adjustments. So, you know, a lot of us fans are like, man, what's who's going to be that breakout promotion that really uh, shows uh, that that really shows the WWE that enough with just having these awful cliffhangers <laughs> that uh, mm. that you, we we didn't see in the in the in the, uh, the the Attitude Era days. You know, the cliffhangers was much more intriguing than than now. Um, and I think, you know, with when you say New Japan, you know, I think of, you know, their affiliation now with, with Global, Force, Global Force Wrestling, at least for Wrestle Kingdom. And this year, more than every year, uh, the, the notoriety of Wrestle Kingdom this year was a big, big, big deal. And, of course, Jim Ross and Matt Stryker, you know, calling the matches from the American end um, really helped out. Um, but I can definitely see, you know, stars like you really, you know, you, you've you've wrestled, you know, uh, in affiliation with New Japan before. But uh, just I can see stars like you, the the Gaijins, as as they they call them, uh, the the foreign wrestlers uh, from from Japan, foreign from Japan. I can definitely see people <laughs> like you yourself um, <laughs> being stars and and really. Um, uh, getting even an international presence, uh, and as far as NXT is concerned, um, yeah, yeah, you people stars like you fit right in to that promotion because I can, I can right now I can see a match between you and Adrian Neville, so I think that would be uh, fantastic. And as far as the WWE is concerned, uh, uh, as soon as I, I thought about the WWE, I thought about you versus Dolph Ziggler. I think that that would tear their house down. So, um, well, I mean, you mentioned guys let, that. You know, our, our destination television. You know, when those guys are on, I think the majority of wrestling fans are checking it out. Um, we you know there are also guys that other people love to would love to work with. You know, me and Neville would be just a, a clash of so much curly hair. I don't think anyone would know what to do with himself. <laughs> but um, 
You know, we, me and Mike Bennett, we just came back from New Japan's uh, World Tag Tournament. We spent three weeks over there with New Japan. Um, and what an amazing experience. Uh, I, I love the crowds. I love the guys over there. Um, and I'm, I'm ecstatic for the houses that they were drawing, uh, the amount of attention that we were even getting in the States from, from being over there. Um, you know, obviously we have every intention on going back shortly. Um, and it's, it's just, it's another, it's another venture, you know, the WWE, you know, they might have a monopoly here in the States, uh, as far as the absolute top tier, um, promotion, but, so Ring of Honor is increasing their pay-per-views and their buy rates have been going up every steadily. Their ratings have been going up. Um, you know, TNA, unfortunately, it kind of seemed like they had the, the too much too soon uh, Crockett yeah. WCW style approach to wrestling. And it, I mean, it hadn't really worked out with the Spike deal, but hopefully now that they found a new home, um, and we have, you know, I have friends over there. I mentioned earlier, Eddie Edwards is, um, well, he's not just a friend of mine. I just, as a peer, I, I just think he, the world of him. Um, and I would love to see them succeed as well. So all these different ventures um, is just is just good for wrestling. You know, everywhere you go, whether it's international, whether it's, it's domestic, uh, as long as they're on the up, uh, that's all you can ask for from from all the guys, but I, I think the biggest thing is you just need you need someone with faith um, and to faith to put the money into it because it, it's going to be hard to complete compete with a global juggernaut 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 um, if you don't have the same financial backing that they have um, because yeah. you're not going to be able to compete production wise and distri- distribution wise. Um, so until you see a Ted Turner a billionaire want to get involved and hopefully, you know, Mark Cuban is out there and he's serious about wanting to get involved in the wrestling game, which is always a rumor every couple of years, but I, I would love to see someone like that get involved and, um, you know, have the financial backing to compete with Vince. Uh, just cause the more, the more places there are, the better it is for all the wrestlers. Um, you know, we, we definitely, we go out there and we kill ourselves because we love wrestling um, and we might not be able to walk when we're 60, so hopefully, you know, we'll be able to make some money in this business that that we won't have to uh, <laughs> have to be working when our bodies no longer want to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made some really, really good points there. Well, I mean, you know, technically, from the the, the public uh, eye that we see in the and the, all the the, the public papers, uh, Cuban makes more money than Vince, so. Um, you know, if, 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 if he, if he put some type of financial backing into a promotion, that would certainly be the, 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 the nouveau Monday Night Wars. And, and I would absolutely Mark Cuban, love that. if you're I listening, would... do us a favor, <laughs> get involved in wrestling. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, the closest we had was him. Um, you know, hosting ROH on on HDNet, which is his uh, his his yeah. channel. 
Uh, you know, I believe it's like Access TV now or something like that. But, uh, you know, I guess that was the closest that uh, Cuban had with, with wrestling. And, of course, you know, his, his appearances on Raw before. Um, but you can tell, you know, just with his affiliation with the Mavericks and just his personality that it would be something that uh, I'm sure that he's – I'm sure he's contemplated before. Uh, and it would be something that would just – I mean, it would shake the foundation – of professional wrestling, and I certainly think that Ring of Honor would, you know, should be the promotion that, you know, he should back because I've said this on the this is the 146th episode of the show. It's been almost three years since this show has uh, uh, been in existence, and I've said many, many, many times within that nearly three years uh, that ROH has the best talent pool. And the world, I believe that I'm so I, I'm stuck on it, and, I, and I'm not going to change that. I, I'm not going to change that thought because there's so many people that's been snatched up from ROH, you know, that's be, be, became stars in, in both TNA and, of course, the WWE. I mean, uh, look at uh, hey, Brian Danielson. True. I mean, I might, I might be biased, but I think that you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you couldn't be any more right. Um, and if Mark Cuban wants to to pump a bunch of money into Ring of Honor, then he picked the right thing. He's a genius, too. Um, you know, I I just look at, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Look at the top guys yeah. that have made it in this new age world of wrestling. You know, there's there's obviously the John Cena's of the world. But after that, you know, the CM Punks, the Brian Danielson, all the way down to what you're seeing Kevin Steen do right now at NXT. Yep. They all started somewhere. Yeah, Sami Zayn. And, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, oh, I mean, I could go on. Cesaro, Sami Zayn, there's, there's so many of them. But um, yeah. it's ROH is leaving quite the lineage um, in wrestling. And uh, yep. if if someone, um, you know, we, we, we have a great owner in Sinclair Broadcasting, and I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm not – Unbelievably grateful for how they've expanded the product um, by joking around talking about Mark Cuban because they have done a outstanding job. I mean, they're getting us in more markets than ever. Like I said, the the pay per views are expanding. We're about to embark on the anniversary, the 13th anniversary pay per view show. Um, this uh, upcoming uh, March 1st, and um, that's going to be live on pay per view from Vegas. So. It's just, uh, it's great what they're doing, and they have faith in the product. And it, it, like what I said with TNA, um, you know, said some might think that they've gone, and I'm one of the opinion that they might have just kind of done too much too soon. And Ring of Honor's had a slow build, um, and is, uh, it's on game and is reaching more people than it ever has before. Uh, and and we're, all, we're all extremely proud and excited to see what the future holds because when, when you're part of a company like Ring of Honor, uh, everyone feels um, like it's their baby. You know what I mean? Like they have ownership yeah. in it just because it's definitely a big family feel. Um, and to yeah. see how much we're growing and the places that we're going, uh, to be on the West Coast, uh, you know, for obviously for Mania Weekend, but then also for the pay-per-view in Vegas, um, and to see, you know, all the stuff that we do have coming up, uh, it, it's starting to leak out, and I can not confirm or deny, but 
I know New Japan's coming back over here, and we just happen to have some shows in Toronto, but, um, you know, I'm not saying anything. But uh, to see them doing a, a bunch of stuff like that, um, you know, we we all take great pride and want the company to keep growing and want, uh, you know, as many people as possible to see what we have to offer because we believe like you do. You know, Ring of Honor has the best talent pool in professional wrestling today. Yeah, absolutely. And not even today. It's This has been, you know, the past 10 years, you know, because we've seen the Daniel Bryans, the CM Punks, the Samoa Joes, the Austin Aries, the Christopher mm-hmm. Daniels, you know, uh, be, uh, of course, you said Cesaro, um, and just on and on, you know, the, 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 the names are, of course, right now, you, of course, you have the Kevin Owens, Steen, the El Generico, Sami Zayn, and, uh, just on and on as far as people that's really made their name in ROH. And uh, it's definitely not by happenstance that uh, so many people uh, with this smart nation, you know, style of <laughs> professional wrestling fans these days. Uh, it's it's good recruiting, you know, and the, 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 the talent uh, recruiter, the talent, talent coordinator, um, you know, for, for the WWE and, and TNA, uh, I'm sure it wasn't by uh, accident that ROH was, uh, is still, and it was a choice uh, to to look into and, and to have a, a far a far seat in the back of a show because I've been to multiple ROH shows and they're absolutely fantastic. And I have a, a, a better, and I've been to every Raw, you know, every televised uh, live Raw for pat, at least for the past 15 years and I've had more fun just from a organic standpoint going to a you know 150 200 person you know crowd ROH show uh than I have you know going to a 10,000 you know uh uh raw 10,000 person raw uh, so uh, and it's 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 just that nucleus feel. It's just that uh, that ECW style feel, and and we've seen that just with the advent of the 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 the, the choice fan of of the day, really get its roots from from ECW. Just that nucleus, just just the small nucleus, just really expanding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I can definitely see that with ROH and their affiliation with SBG. And, of course, the Cuban talk is, is wishful thinking. Uh, but, hey, if he cuts a, a big fat check, you know, to invest in ROH, that would be uh, just as good as really yeah, having this. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure I'm sure SBG would not uh, have an issue with that whatsoever. So, um, so but, yeah, I think I think it's coming. I think it's coming, and and you know, thanks for your encouragement as far as the the viewers are concerned, because so so many people we've said on the show before that it's just a sinking ship as far as just the number two promotion because they're, they're they have such a chokehold on professional wrestling right now, uh, but. You know, people didn't think about it. People didn't think it could exist when WCW was having worldwide and, and having awful, awful uh, matches on WCW Saturday night. Uh, and then all of a sudden, just uh, Bischoff walked in and, and, and changed the place around. So 
Uh, it happened before, and it, it can happen again. Before uh, oh, before we end tonight, yeah, absolutely. Before we end tonight, fantastic discussion, by the way. I had an amazing time talking to you. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the college football playoffs, and who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? You know, I was actually going to bring that up because I heard it in your intro as well, uh, which is another great topic. But let me just, before I touch base on that, you said one thing, uh, and you mentioned ECW, and it just made me think of a couple things. Um, I was an EC, huge ECW fan as a kid. I used to go to all the shows when they would uh, be up in, in the New Hampshire or Northern Massachusetts uh, area. Um, and it's kind of crazy now because now I can talk to you know people like Steve Carino or Dreamer and be like, uh, Mm-hmm. Carino, you're, I left one day with your blood all over me from a match you had with Jerry Lynn, and you know I had to get in my dad's car and be like, "Yeah, I'm covered in in sweat and and beer and blood. Isn't this awesome?" My dad's looking at some 13 year old kid, wondering, you know, where did he just drop him off? But um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I love DCW and and to to remember how those fans were back in the day when I used to go, and I get that feeling as a wrestler now being a part of Ring of Honor. Um, that just groundswell, that pure, um, you know, wrestling fan, you know, whether they love you or hate you, it's just, uh, you know, from the first match to the last match, they're involved and they're invested. And with the ECW uh, arena being on the list of events coming up, the kingdom Mike Bennett, myself, and Maria will be facing off against the Briscoes and ODB in the ECW arena. So that's going to be quite a moment for a a old ECW fan like myself uh, to not only wrestle in that building again, but to uh, wrestle in such a premier match in that building. Um, But as far as the college football playoffs, I love it. I think the only problem is they should have, uh, it should be eight teams now. We've seen it work with four. Let's do a full eight because you saw the number four seed win the national title. And in years past, the if you were you were fourth in in the pollings, you didn't even sniff the national championship game. It was either one versus two or one versus three. But um, I think in the first year to watch the the four seed uh, win the national championship just says that the playoffs need to be expanded. Uh, because there's only one way to find a, a true winner, and that's to have them actually play each other. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the Super Bowl. I, well, yep. I'm I'm from New England through and through. I actually used to work for the New England Patriots uh, before I, well, while I was starting to wrestle, I actually had to leave because wrestling, um, you know, was taking off and I had to make a decision. But um, I have to stay true. You know, to the guys that I've I've always rooted for, the Pats are going to win. It's going to be Pats Seahawks, and it's going to be a close game in the Super Bowl. But uh, I think the Patriots are going to take it like they always do in the Super Bowl by a field goal. Wow. Well, you know, I respect you highly, and uh, <laughs> but I don't respect your uh, affinity towards the Patriots. Uh, you can't I'm, deny I'm, I'm a, I'm a that Tom fight. Brady is the greatest quarterback. Uh, yeah. He he's I one mean, of he's one of the best ever at least. Oh, uh, we can know, just say the uh, best ever. It's fine. 
Uh, it's, it's hard for me to admit that. That may be true, um, but it would be hard for me to admit that. <laughs> from a you know fourth round, fourth round, I believe uh, his uh, his pick was from Michigan. Sixth round. Um, sixth round. Sixth round. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, sixth round from 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 Michigan. You know, being one of the best ever. Well, first of all, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. So anyone coming from Michigan is hard for me to admit that they're good, anyways. Uh, yeah, it's so funny that's for because. One. I was rooting for Oregon just because I'm a Michigan fan. So oh. I was just rooting against the Buckeyes just because. And uh, well, I, we had such a great conversation up until now. I feel like we were friends. Now I think yeah, I, you the know, blood's been drawn. I feel, that, I, I feel some tension coming on, man. I don't <laughs> yeah, I think, I think all of a sudden the tone of this conversation changed drastically. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. And hey, well, you guys are well. Congratulations. You guys won. Thank you. Ho- thank hopefully, you, thank you. We, you know, the guy that was third string and ended up winning the national title game, he stays and uh, doesn't decide to just uh, go to the NFL. See, okay, we're, we're, we're getting into good graces again because I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he should go, and I definitely think it should be eight teams. Mostly because of this. I, I, I'm i a traditionalist when it comes to pro wrestling and college football. I do like the playoffs. I, I've, you know, I've been, I've been someone who wanted the playoffs to go on for years upon years. I think it should be eight teams. The number one reason why is because I still find importance in the Power Five. Mm-hmm. And I think that – and I think when you get the eight teams, because even with the BCS – you know those two uh those two at large bids were so big those, those that was yeah. a big deal you know for uh for your Ohio states that lost a couple games for your Oregon's that lost a couple games for your your USC's for your and so forth uh and i think that that at large concept is an amazing concept and it makes the three teams like a Boise State and like a non-power five, well, that's really exactly want what I'm to bring get up, that. You know? Yeah, the, the TCUs. People... I mean, even when you go to four teams, the Boise State, TCUs, those those uh, schools that you always just kind of see hovering around there, put them in the in yeah. the playoffs. Let's see what they actually can do. Let's stop denying Absolutely. them that they're a, a number one seed just because of of who they play and where they play. Let's. Uh, Let's let's throw them against Alabama. Let's see if they pull off the upset. If not, hey, what do you lose? Absolutely, especially TCU, just demolishing Ole Miss. You know, in in the bowl game, you know, forty-two to three, I believe it was. And and so, just that alone, you know, that alone just shows that you know TCU demolishing an SEC. You know the the almighty SEC, which was humbled this year, and just it really shows that the 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 Big Twelve. You know they they could have been the representative of the Big Twelve, and you know it, it, first of all, it also makes the Big Twelve go and you know grab them a couple more teams and have them uh, you know a, a, a playoff game, uh, have them a, a division title game. Uh, because they need about two more teams to do that. I think Boise State would be a good one to have. I think Cincinnati would be another good team to have for the Big 12. And I definitely think they should have two more teams so they can have the division playoff to really have an outright champion to represent the Big 12 Conference in this eight-team playoff 
because the Power Five still is strong, and you don't have mm-hmm. potentially two SEC teams in the top four like it could have been this year. And just, you know, it, it's important for that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, take these bowl games that people aren't watching that are just, you know, just kind of pats on the backs of teams that are, are going six and five and, you know, make them into something important. Make them into a playoff game. What it, I, I can't see that um, college football, who is growing faster than the NFL, making close to $5 billion a year, um, yeah. would have any problem making these, these bowl games more important and just increasing ad revenue for the televisions. It, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me why you wouldn't have um, a bigger playoff. I know this year, um, you know, they, they're trying it out and they had to start somewhere and they started with four teams. I think I'm just really bitter for the BCS years and how big of a waste of time that was. They should have been having a playoff there during that entire uh, span of the BCS just because it was ridiculous right off the bat. And, uh, yeah. it, you know, eight teams, like you said, you can throw the power five, have a couple of teams, you know, that, that maybe picked up uh, a loss in there. Um, you know, in, in perfect example, the, you know, the SEC, everyone thinks it's such a power conference. Well, if, uh, if a team that lost once and, um, you know, is considered the second best team in that in that conference. Well, throw them in the tournament too, and see if they can make a run and maybe get that yep. win back against uh, whoever took their their conference. Absolutely, absolutely, awesome, Matt. Well, thank you so much, man. It's been an, an amazing uh, discussion. Thank you so much for all your input. And uh, before we go, let us know some uh, some dates that you have coming up soon. Definitely. Um, well, this weekend I will be in Providence for XWA, uh, but then the next couple of weekends after that, it's all Ring of Honor. we got Philadelphia coming up in the ECW Arena on the 24th, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, Dayton, Ohio the following weekend. Um, the end of February is Atlanta. We have the pay-per-view in Vegas. Uh, but all the indie dates that I might have in between, you can find out where I am on any of my social media sites. I am Matt Taven at, at, on Facebook, so just facebook.com slash Matt Taven. I'm at Matt Taven on Twitter um, and Instagram on the Matt Taven. Um, any other questions for as far as booking or merchandise, you can just email me at Matt Taven at Gmail. All my stuff's pretty easy to find. If you know how to spell Taven, which is T-A-V-E-N, you know how to find me. Um, and then also... So any wrestling fan out there that has never heard of Ring of Honor, go check out Ring of Honor, ROHwrestling.com. Check it out live if you can because, you know, like we are saying, the atmosphere is just amazing. But uh, anywhere you can watch it, uh, definitely check it out. I know you won't be disappointed and spread the word. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt, and have a great night, man. You too, man. It was great talking to you. Have a great night. You likewise. Bye-bye.
Ladies and gentlemen, awesome, awesome, awesome interview from Matt Taven. Wow, I did not know that uh, we'd be friends by the end of the <laughs> end of the show. We've got a lot in common. Great guy. Uh, and be sure, like I said, uh, check him out on Ring of Honor uh, and and you know be sure to support Ring of Honor Wrestling. Awesome, awesome uh, promotion. I've been a Ring of Honor fan since since its inception in 2002. Continue to watch Ring of Honor on a weekly basis, and I, I'm just really, really happy that you know Ring of Honor is is at the position that they are now. And just like I said, the, the talent pool that they have. I uh, decided to play the OSU fight song because I like to quote uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Rocky. And Rocky Balboa says, Yo, Adrian, we did it. Yo, Derek, we did it. Oh, we did it. We did it in beautiful fashion. That was so... It was the highest rated game, I think, of all time or on ESPN or something like that. I mean, it was... I mean, that's it. The Buckeyes can compete with anybody out there, Period. We proved it. It's done. It's in the record books. No more easy games, easy schedule. Oh, well, the other team was tired. Who cares? We showed up on that night. We showed up. We were there. The other team wasn't there. We won. That's it. And that was the last. Cardell Jones, the last three games that he's ever played, I mean, he's won. Third yeah. string quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Third string quarterback was better than the Heisman winner quarterback. Yeah, and mind you, the third string quarterback beats every single Heisman finalist this year. I mean, you can't you can't dispute it, ladies and gentlemen. The Ohio State Buckeyes, national champions of the first playoff year. I agree with the eight teams. That can work in eventually. And, yeah, Matt Taven, ladies and gentlemen, we had him on our show. He yeah. was here. And uh, we yep. talked to him about wrestling. We had a great time. He, we talked football with him, too. And uh, that's interesting. That's great. I love to know things about people. Yeah, we're all wrestling fans here. But I like to know things about people that, you know, we can get together on another level. You know, Yeah, it's not just all wrestling. Yeah, football. Okay, well, I like this. I like that. But, you know, awesome interview. Chris Featherston. This is Pancakes and Power Slams. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 146. We're on our way to 150. We wouldn't be here without you. Absolutely. Before we get into Raw, let's pick up a call. Uh, let us know uh, your name and where you're calling from and your thoughts. Glad to have you on the show. Hi, my name is Jesse Collins. I write for WrestlingInc.com. I've listened to the show a few times, and I just thought I'd call in and share my thoughts. Fantastic, Jesse. Former co-worker of mine over at Wrestling Inc., man. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Let us know what you guys want to talk about. Well, we are let, – let us know your thoughts on just the, the, the Raw – um, it's 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 up to you wherever you want to wherever you want to go, man. Okay. Uh, thanks oh, for calling okay. in. Yeah, well, I heard Matt Taven say kind of the same thing: is that you watch you watch Raw each week, 
and it seems like it's the same, you know, episode every single time, and it always starts off the same, and it's the authority cutting, you know, whatever, a 20-minute promo, and it seems, for me, the authority, it seems like their characters are kind of running in circle, where, the, yes, they're these evil bosses, and they don't like all the good guys and stuff, but, you know, and this has become a massive problem for WWE in the last 10 years or so, it's just, they're on so much, and they have so much programming, and they have three hours to fill and stuff, and it just becomes so repetitive, and it, it takes the shelf life of these characters and, you know, dwindles them down to such a low rate that you're sick of seeing them. And, you know, as talented as Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are, no one was excited to see the Authority back, and, you know, yeah, do they get heat? Do they get heat that they're, people are mad at them, or people just want them to go away? I think it's really interesting yeah. how, how much longer they can go with the Authority without... Uh, trying to, uh, you know, put a bullet in its head. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, man. I totally agree. The fact that we, you know, every week we come into a 20-minute a promo, which usually <laughs> involves John Cena and or the authority. And it, it just, it's really, and like I said on the show before, I think probably uh, probably one or two weeks ago, they're they're desperately clawing and scratching for a reset button. It seems like they're really trying to get this authority stretched out to its fullest capacity. It seems like the payoff will be Sting versus Triple H at WrestleMania to end this authority angle. But, you know, we have to wait another three months for that to happen or another two and a half months for that to happen and it's going to be pretty <laughs> it's going to be pretty exhausting and pretty pretty tiring and and pretty brutal to see leading up to that you have any predictions uh from here to wrestlemania for me well you know i you know you say oh well the authority angle is supposed to end with the big sting a triple h block are we sure that triple h is you know going to take a back seat after WrestleMania? Is he going to stop being an on-screen character? I don't know if that's true. I thought the big blow-off was supposed to be at uh, uh, Survivor Series, but I guess it wasn't because they made that match redundant. I, I honestly, I don't think the authority is going to end after WrestleMania just because of how much of a crutch it has been for them creatively. Everything centers around the authority. It's how they've, It's been a tentpole for their entire show the last year or a year and a half whenever they you know started popping up as a real thing so it wasn't surprising yeah. to see them only off tv for what five weeks during uh yeah. after they lost their jobs it just seems um like they're totally screwed up and you're right they are looking for a reset button and you know is the is the authority the answer to a lot of wwe's problems the authority going to pump up live attendance is it going to pump up uh television ratings is it going to get people to purchase the WWE Network that they so lustily desire. The proof isn't really there, but I have no idea what they can do outside of the authority because that's all we've known for the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you make a good point. I think we probably won't see Triple H end uh, um, his on-screen character post-Mania. I just don't think that it would be in a... In an authority setting, I, I think we'll still see him as some type of uh, some type of leadership, authoritative character, uh, but probably not an authority role. Because it seems like right now they're trying to they're, they're trying to mold Rollins with the authority. It seems like the authority's taking a different type of twist and uh, really putting Rollins over. But I and I've said this on a previous show. 
I don't know I don't know if it's working so much because we're seeing so much authority being at the forefront. Now we saw it yeah. raw and we we saw it a few roles with with Seth Rollins you know has had the, the the big you know last moment you know that cliff hangs until the the next week but I really don't I really don't know if it's really doing its job and really putting Rollins over like it like it seems like it's intended to do Exactly and obviously Rollins is the young guy he's the guy that's going to be you know the top heel for the next 10 years in WWE, but it's a fine line between, oh, is the heat going to be on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, or is the heat going to be on Rollins? Because mm-hmm. in, a perfect, in a perfect world, you'd like to imagine that could be on both of them, but it really can't. It's one person's going to look better than the other. And I, I honestly, it, it's, it, it's that fine line. I, I like what they've been doing the last few weeks. It's been Rollins. I like the whole angle with where he was going to kill Edge or whatever. I thought that was really well done. But you're right, they, they, you don't know if Rollins is getting the most out of this feud that he possibly could, especially because he's been, you know, jobbing the Cena left and right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in, Jesse. Let us know, uh, before we got off, uh, let us know uh, where you're writing at and uh, a little bit uh, about what type of articles you got uh, in mind coming up. Well, um, for those of you who know, I write at Wrestling Inc. Uh, under my column name, Views from the Turnbuckle. Uh, so every Thursday I publish a new article. Um, obviously it's Royal Rumble season, so there's going to be a lot of Royal Rumble stuff on, um, well, I guess it would be tomorrow, East Coast time. I'm going to publish, um, betting odds for the Royal Rumble on who you should consider winning, who's the favorite, who's, you know, an underdog that could end up winning. And, um, a lot of stuff coming up for WrestleMania, a lot of historical stuff too. I like to mix in, um, some contemporary stuff with classical and comparisons and stuff like that. I love wrestling history. I love wrestling, you know, outside of the United States and Japan. I love indie wrestling. I pretty much love wrestling in general. So um, thanks for giving me a forum, and you guys have a good night. You too. Thanks a lot, Jesse. All right. Well, we got uh, Jesse Collings uh, calling in from WrestlingInc.com, my former employer. Uh, thanks for calling in as well. That was uh, unexpected. I, I didn't know that, that was going to happen. So thanks so much uh, for calling in and let us know your uh, your input on the current wrestling product, Jesse. Uh, great to have you. So uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes win the national championship, and then we get raw. <laughs> we we start off with a typical. John Cena promo, as we do all the time, uh, which leads into a Seth Rollins match, Lumberjack match. It seems like they're having an angle right now uh, with uh, John Cena trying to bring back the people that were fired. And, you know, it it just – we're we're seeing such an oversaturation of Cena promos to lead uh, the the show that it just – it's it's starting to become numbing – to me that you know it, it it's it's almost a safe bet to do something else for the first 20 minutes of the show yeah, it's a safe bet and uh it's a boring bet because no one it's last night from what i hear there was a game going on so i wasn't really able to watch raw it was uh <laughs> it went right into the wrestling action that's great it doesn't do that too often a lot of times like i said you always have uh Triple H and Stephanie coming out, getting redundant, getting boring, and there wasn't too much of a gap between the authority being gone and authority coming back. And uh, the gap in between the time was absolutely horrible and boring, and we've said that many times on this show. 
No, it's it's already going back. I'm I'm not too keen on it. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And it's what are we going to expect from it? Yeah. Pretty much. I'm not a fan of it at all, and uh, you know I think I think Jesse brought up some good points as far as just you know the, the eighteen the eighteen months has been really centered around the authority, you know with with the exception of you know Cena and Lesnar uh, being another for, uh, a focal point, uh, but it's just been um, the plot the, the product of when the authorities in charge has not been very captivating. And I think, you know, just I absolutely love the conversation between Matt and I just as far as just, um, it, and it's something that we've, you know, even mentioned on the show many times, you know, when it when it comes to just that number two promotion just really uh, becoming more and more prominent and whatever whoever that number two promotion is just needs to come on around uh, because the WWE needs more, must see TV, and I think that comes from a um, from a from a comp, com, from a competitive edge that they would be forced to have, and I definitely think that that comes with um, you know that that comes with a, a, a competitor uh, being around, and it's just man, we need to see that. Uh, why do we need to see that? Because we have matches like the New Day against Kid and Cesaro, which. Which wasn't horrible, you know. I'm trying my best to to hold on to the New Day stable. I'm trying, man. I'm trying my best to hold on, but it seemed like they had some type. It seemed like they had some promise to them, and then all of a sudden, man, they just they just don't. It seems like they're fading fast to me, and it's really sad for me to say that. They're fading fast because they're act almost like uh, Adam Rose. He first came, there was so much promise. There was a lot of hype behind it and everything, and now it's just kind of fell flat on its face, and no one knows what to do with it. Same thing with New Day. They still have some air in them. I mean, they're uh, very talented in-ring performers. That's the thing that is good about them. I mean, they are very talented. Big E, you got Kobe King. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that, so it's just a. Uh, I didn't think it was going to get over from the beginning. I did, I really didn't. It's kind of proven its point, which is kind of redundant with uh, WWE nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before um, before we go on, I definitely want to make a mention uh, on this uh, big power pack show. I, I want to m- mention, and I and I and I said this last year. Uh, excuse me, I said this last week. Um, that from from now on, we want to give back. This is a, a episode 146. We get tens of thousands of listeners on a weekly basis, and we want to give back. We want to to show you all our thanks by promoting your wrestling sites, by promoting, uh, you know, your wrestling, you know, personas, you know, like I said last week we uh gave a shout out to an indie wrestler and uh a, a, a upcoming wrestling promotion. 
And, you know, if you have a, a wrestling promotion, an indie promotion, if you are a wrestler yourself, if you have a, a Facebook site, a website, uh, let us know by uh, uh, inboxing us at, uh, on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, and we'll give you a shout-out. We get a – last week, you know, since I announced that, we, we've had a, a bunch of inquiries, and we've had a bunch of uh, uh, positive feedback and people just wanted to announce uh, them up on the show. So, you know, continue that. Continue to uh, uh, give us the the messages on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, uh, and we will promote you free of charge. And, you know, just like I said, just as a sign of giving back for all the support that you have given us over the past uh, nearly three years now. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and mention uh, one uh, uh, one company, which is Wrestling Now and Then, uh, that's spearheaded by Joe Morris, and uh, he, he's a, a, an avid supporter of Crave Wrestling and the Pancakes and Power Slam show, and he has a really, really good uh, Facebook page that is Wrestling Now and Then. So be sure to support Wrestling Now and Then, uh, awesome, up-to-date up to the minute news uh that you can really um you know go to for you know your fix of wanting to know what's going on in the pro wrestling world uh there's many uh of those you know facebook pages and and, and sites but uh there's something there's something a bit special and, and genuine authentic about joe morris and the wrestling now and then site uh and they're very very supportive so i would definitely encourage you to link up with joe and the wrestling now and then site because they're very very supportive over the site as far as uh you know similar to you know what we do over the pancakes and power slam show just giving back um, and, and what's so amazing about the Wrestling Now and Then site is it hasn't even been around for a long time, and they still uh, want to want uh, to support, uh, you know, whatever wrestling vision that you have. You know, go over there and check it out, and be sure to you know comment on the stories that uh, Wrestling Now and Then releases, and uh, be sure to show them support over. Uh, on the Facebook page. So once again, Wrestling Now and Then uh, with Joe Morris and uh, continue to support them or start supporting them. Uh, So uh, thank you, Joe, for all of your um, uh, amazing contribution to supporting Crave Wrestling. Uh, we have over 500 comments over at the uh, on the uh, live stream the, on uh, the the, la- the live pa- pancakes and power slam stream. I really don't have time to read a a lot of them. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot going on uh, on, on, the, on the in the chat room. A, a lot going on. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for supporting and continuing to chat and and let us uh, know your thoughts on, on on the product. So that's uh, that's awesome. All right. So let's uh, let's just skim through the rest of Raw um, and then and then go into the the, the flavor of the week, uh, being continuing our uh, continuing our series on the worst uh, Royal Rumble winners. Uh, the WWE has ever presented to us, uh, and and we will go ahead and talk about that here uh, soon. All right, so we we go to Reigns defeating uh, Luke Harper. There was that's that's a see that's some that's a a few that I would rather see actually than the Big Show and Roman Reigns. I I understand why the Big Show is being used to put over Roman Reigns. I get it, but. 
I, I would rather see a, a, a feud between Reigns and Harper just because Harper would help Reigns as far as a wrestling standpoint. Reigns, and, and, I, and I wrote a, an article on, on Bleacher Report, which I checked, you know, last time I checked, which was uh, about a day ago, it had over 80,000 views, so I don't I don't even know where it is now as far as the views are concerned. Um, so, first of all, thank you for that. But I wrote an article that had a lot of views and a lot of uh, a lot of discussion that was in the comment board as far as two matches that uh, you know I believe that that should be uh, main eventing WrestleMania 31 and go over go over and check it. It says two matches that should headline WrestleMania 31. That's the title of it, uh, and and, it, and I, we'll talk about more of that. You know, for because of time restrictions, we'll talk about more of that uh, in the upcoming weeks. But I really think that there should be better fuse that leads to that WrestleMania match that I'm, you know, I'm hoping that happens. That I'm kind of wistfully predicting for 31. There should be. A, I understand the Big Show feud that because they want to put them over. With with a bigger name, but the Big Show, as far as athleticism is concerned, you know he's never been the most athletic guy, and I definitely think that <laughs> I, I definitely think that Roman Reigns needs to be in, in, in feuds with people that are more athletically, you know, superior than than the Big Show. His feud with Orton was absolutely great. Absolutely great, and I think it was a, a really good feud for him to be in from a uh, from a kind of a honing his wrestling skills uh, standpoint. And I think the the feud would show. Yeah, it's a big name. Yeah, I understand why they're doing it. At first, I was a, an advocate, but I, I'm getting very tired with this feud already. And then the mic work that the Big Show's cutting just to gain heel heat, it looks, it sounds so desperate. And it's like, people, you know, people were chanting boring during his promo. And it pretty much says it all as far as where the Big, Show, Big Show's character is right now. And it just really, in hindsight, it's like, is it really helping out Roman Reigns? I, I, you know, I don't know if it's helping out Roman Reigns as much as getting into a feud with like, you know, a Cesaro or or Luke Harper. Will he needs people who can wrestle? I people who can wrestle. I mean, the Big Show is the Big Show, and the Big Show has been a joke for such a long time, and that's so. Yeah. It's very. I don't like it, and it's there's nothing you can really do to revive his character. Uh, he comes in, he's upset and mad, and you think, oh, the Big Show's going to do something big, and the Big Show does nothing. I mean, please, I mean, spare me from this. And it's the Big Show really, there's no feud there today that could spark back his image. Unless the WWE wants to put their faith in him, which they're not going to do, obviously, because he's a jobber. And that's how the Big Show is now. That's a shame. Sadly. <laughs> Very sadly. And then Naomi is getting some type of ridiculous um, shaft because she lost to Alicia Fox both on Raw and SmackDown. 
And, you know, I don't know why Naomi, and I've said before, she should be one of the people who is getting uh, more of an opportunity in the Divas. And then because Alicia Fox, I mean, why is he losing to Alicia Fox? I'm sure that maybe they are doing that because Alicia Fox on Total Divas now, but, you know, there's there's nothing going on with Alicia Fox that should make her continue to beat Naomi, who has so much potential as a top diva. Uh, top diva. I mean, the whole divas thing is ran by E, uh, Total Divas. It's so hard to watch the matches and it's be believable. And it's, you know, it's like uh, pages of women now. She is a Total Diva. And you and I were yeah. talking a few ago that Paige was somebody oh she's going to resurrect the uh, the Divas division she's going to make it great because she's now a Diva so I mean pretty much anything's just off the board for me so I mean compressed time ladies and gentlemen 90 minutes is never enough Chris Featherstone what happened on Raw (laughs) or with the Buckeyes what's your Uh, what's that What's your insight? I mean, we we got so much insight? to talk about. Well, that, you know, I think I think Buckeye talk may even go another week uh, because there's so much to talk about the, the Buckeyes that uh, it would just totally disregard the format of this show for for tonight. Which um, it'll be a better discussion, but uh, you know, we, we have to stick to the format as much as possible, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think we will talk Ohio State next week. As as, as we'll talk more Ohio State next week. Of course, Matt Taven uh, had some really good insights. So I mean, he, he, just like you said, shout out to Matt Taven, man. He, he's uh, you know, I, I've uh, followed him in Ring of Honor, but man, just a, a down to earth, really cool guy. You know that uh, you can carry an hour long conversation with about wrestling and football. I love wrestlers like that. Tyler Rex is like that too. Um, Gabe Tuft, Tyler Rex, he's like that too, man. Just just a real down to earth guy that uh, um, you know has really made some some uh, some impact in, in professional wrestling, but is really humble and, and thankful. So, uh, thank you, Matt Taven, once again. I uh, had a fantastic, fantastic time uh, speaking with you. And then we get things like Miz defeating Jay Uso. It seems like they're going to def- uh, continue that feud. The Usos beats uh, Golden Stardust on SmackDown. And then um, and then we have Brie Bella defeating Paige. It seems like they're trying to have Paige feud with the, with the Bellas, but... It's 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 it just seems like they're doing some awkward things right now, trying to make Paige a face. I think it'll work because she has uh, a smart reaction, but it, it just seems like they're trying desperately to to make something happen. Alicia Fox was when Paige was a heel. Alicia Fox turned face quietly because Paige beat her up a couple times, which led to a Survivor Series match. And now Paige is the face, and Lisa's the heel again. Lisa flip flops a lot. It's just, it's just weird. It's just really weird. The Divas Division, and then we get the Ascension again, defeating two jobbers like they did on SmackDown. The Ascension and just their, their, their 
promo says we're better than demolition. We're better than the powers of pain. We're better than the road warriors. We are the ascension. That is horrible. And it just really, it's not really drawing heat at all. It's just making them seem like losers, wishful losers who should go away fast. Uh, <laughs> what do we say about the ascension? Yeah, I mean, losers. I Come on, are you serious? They've got nothing on demolition. They've got nothing on Legion of Doom, Powers of Pain, Power and Glory, uh, Girls and Cars, Strike Force. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, bro, they're forget about them. So I mean, they've they totally. I mean, they're a bust. They totally blew their first impression. And WWE, NXT, okay, but WWE, not at all. And that's not necessarily their fault. It's uh. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Because you know, I'm sure they didn't come up with the promos, but absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we got to throw in trivia question, of course, and I'll give it to whoever answers first between the uh, Real Wrestling uh, live chat uh, or the live Twitter at Crave Wrestling or Derek. Whoever answers it first. The question is: What year did NWA Mid Atlantic become WCW? What year did NWA Mid Atlantic uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, the JCP wing of the NWA? What year did that become WCW? Uh, and then, as far as Raw is concerned, you said 1990? Yes. 1990. No. No. Absolutely wrong. 91. <laughs> no. Not 91, not 90. Neither of those. Uh, Rusev, Rusev defeating Dean Ambrose. Uh, man, I don't know what they're doing with your boy. They, they, they. He lost because of a stoppage because he Rusev was uh, put him in a trio row and was uh, wearing on his knee, and so the referee stopped it when he. So, what's going on with your boy Ambrose, man? Uh, Dean Ambrose, and they were kind of saying on the. I read an article not too long ago. He loses, but he never loses cleanly. So they're still trying to preserve uh, his But they're trying to do something with Bray Wyatt. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think it's crazy. I don't believe the reports that they're talking about him. It's, uh, it's, it's a sinking ship that doesn't deserve to be. But I still think there's future in Dean Ambrose. He's not going to be on the chopping block anytime soon. As far yeah, as, you know. I don't know, man. I I don't know. It seems like they're not really putting much investment in them, uh, and which which is absolutely horrible. Um, so it's just ridiculous. Real quick, before we go into the, the contract signing, we'll, we'll actually let uh, my boy Ryan Fuqua get on the line, uh, share his couple minutes with the Ryan stand, and let us know uh, his thoughts on the contract signing. And his boy, Seth Rollins, getting another um, amazing cliffhanging, uh, you know, it's all about me moment. So I'm sure he was happy about that. Glad to have you on the show, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, pancakes and power slams, man. Not too friendly to Seth Rollins. Don't like it. <laughs> I love the guy. Um, I did like him looking strong. You know, I 
Seth can do no wrong in my eyes. I'm I'm all about Seth. Um, but mainly the thing I wanted to say real quick is the authority thing is really bad, okay, we know that, but it's really bad because Triple H has been in the game, what, 20 years now, and we're still yeah. having to boo him? We want to cheer yeah. him. We want to be happy about him. Okay, he can be the GM role, and I don't want to take too much time, but he can be the GM role, but just be a face and maybe show up like on the go-home show or after a pay-per-view, you know, just once a month show up on Raw or whatever. Just Triple H, we respect the game. We love you. We just want to cheer you. That's all I ask. It's it's tough to keep booing him. Like, it's kind of hard. Like, Stephanie, I can do without. I know some people say she's good, but I'm just, I'm not one of the people buying it. I think she's just doing the typical McMahon thing, and that's kind of, that's well, not kind of, it is played out. But Triple H, give me a face Triple H in the authority role and only see him maybe once or twice a month. That's all I ask. Yeah. Thanks, man. I think that's a great point. I, I, I'm I'm bored with it, and, and you know I, I'm totally bored with it with with uh, with the authority angle. I think Ryan and Jesse, you know, made really good points today as far as the authority angle just being, you know, irrelevant and, and not much uh, of a point right now. I, I understand that it's helping Rollins get over, but you know, like I said, you know, who's really taking the heat? You know, it seems like the authority's trying to do that. All right, well, you know, we, 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 we're going to talk about uh, the more of Royal Rumble coming up here in the coming weeks. As far as the contract signing, it leads into, you know, Seth Rollins really getting the uh, the big rub of the Knights by curb stomping Brock Lesnar and John Cena. You know, we'll see where that's going to lead. As far as the uh, Royal Rumble is concerned, uh, we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll do a double time, you know, next week, uh, time permitting. But uh, the the person that was decided for this uh, this week was Batista's win this this uh, this year. Totally ridiculous, totally pointless. Uh, it, it led to him being in a triple threat match, which he was the one who received the tap out by by Daniel Bryan. So it was absolutely ridiculous. So uh, ten ten seconds on on your thoughts on that, uh, Derek. I think seconds of my thoughts. Batista was never a major player in the game. That's pretty much about it. Except for Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you I forgot you weren't a big Batista fan. That's that's right. We had a pretty interesting conversation about that. We'll talk more about that next week. Thank you, Matt Taven. Thank you, uh, for all the uh, callers, all the people chatting on WeAreWrestling.net. dot net. Awesome, awesome show tonight. Thank you so much for supporting 147 coming up next week with a special announcement. Until then, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Day loves Elijah. And good night. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.